Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. like a drive through a restaurant, how it has those teeny tiny little holes that you're supposed to drink through. All that is good for is blistering your tongue in the shape of that little hole. So like you have like that little oblong rectangle burn right on the tip of your tongue. And like McDonald's coffee comes with a warning. Like it's like, this is extremely hot and could possibly kill you. And then what we were trying to drink out of it, it's like, oh. And so anyways, I, uh, I am uh, like, I will make a cup of Keurig coffee and I go to the freezer and put a drop of like a cube of ice in it because it's like, I want to be able to enjoy it. I don't want to be uh, scalding myself. And so anyways, Matthew chapter number 26 is where we're going to be today. I'm excited about our new series. We finished up 19 lessons between Sundays and Wednesdays, and so kind of uh, back and forth between two different ones. But we finished up 19 lessons on the Christian mind, and so um, studying how the Christian life affects the human mind. And so um, there's so much discussion right now in the world about mental health, about some of the things that we're facing as a society, that I thought that it was a great time for us to be able to take God's Word and apply it to that topic. We weren't here to solve any of those issues. We weren't here to uh, necessarily even give a medical side, but to simply give a biblical side and biblical principles uh, for the what the Bible has to say about the mind. And so one of the reasons why um, we've been going through some of the series we've been going through is um, in the beginning of January, we laid out a new theme for our church and our church family. Can anybody tell me what that was? No one. Good. All right. Matt, you designed it. You better get it right. Unmovable. Unmovable. Can you spell it? I'm just kidding. Don't do it. Uh, unmovable is tricky because I don't know if it has the A or, and I don't know if it, or if it has the A. I never know which way that goes. But anyways, unmovable. Does anybody know the passage that that was from? 1 Corinthians 15, 58. So be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And one of the goals behind us laying that out as our theme is this. So much of society right now is shifting. Um, you, you feel that, right? Like you, you feel that uh, even if maybe your life has, sta- has stayed stable through every, all the ups and downs of the past two years, really, society is shifting. Politics are shifting. The way that you do your job is shifting. The way that uh, the communities work is shifting. The way that we shop online is shifting. The way that we interact with other people is shifting, okay? You need to stand two feet from someone or six feet from someone. You don't know whether you need to wear a mask or not wear a mask. You don't know whether you need to shake hands and hug someone or sneeze in their face, which is probably never a good thing to do. Okay, You don't know any of those things because the way that society and culture is beginning to shift. 
And yet scripture calls us biblically to be unmovable. Now, what I, I'm not saying to be stubborn and maybe some of the ways that society, obviously, I think that we should cover our mouths when we sneeze. Okay, like those are good things to do that someone probably didn't need to tell us to do. All right. I'm not saying to be stubborn about those things. What I am saying is that as society begins to change and morph and shift for the Christian, we should find stability in the word of God. And so we went through 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 and laid out some things that make us unmovable. We um, looked at the book of 1 Thessalonians and living in light of eternity and how that makes us unmovable. And then we moved right into the Christian mind this summer and talked about how that our minds can be stable from the word of God so that we also can be unmovable. But I want to throw in another aspect of, of the desire to be unmovable in this series and that is this, is that if you don't understand the will of God for your life, then you are going to be constantly moving with society. And so as we look at this new series, we've entitled it, Thy Will Be Done, How to Discover and Discern God's Will. And so I really want to take the title of the series and teach you uh, this really almost introductory lesson, I guess, if you want to call it that. And so we'll be in Matthew chapter number 26. Let's begin reading in verse number 36. The Bible says this, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. So already he's saying, Lord, I want you, Heavenly Father, I want you to do as you please. Verse number 40. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to the disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Would you read verse number 42 and verse number 46 out loud together with me? Verse number 42 first, ready, begin. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O oh my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And verse number 46, which we'll get to at the end of the lesson, let's read that out loud together. Ready, begin. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Before we pray, I want to talk to you for just a second. We talk a lot about the will of God as Christians and as churches, don't we? Well, find God's will for your life and do it. And once you find God's will for your life, you should do it. And, and you're never going to be happier unless you're in the will of God. And the will of God is where peace and joy and all this stuff happens. And so we trump it up. But the truth is, and as I kind of even looked at my own teaching and maybe the way that we talk about the will of God, we don't ever really talk about the how. 
We don't ever really talk about what that looks like or the way that you find it or, or what it means and looks like to step out of the will of God. And so we're going to answer some almost difficult questions in regards to the will of God this in this series. And my goal with that is simply this. My goal is so that, number one, you would understand what the will of God looks like. It's not something creepy. It's not something mysterious. In fact, I think that what we will try to pull out the most in this lesson series is this, is that the will of God is actually extremely simple. Waking up every single day and just doing that which God would have you to do is extremely simple. And yet many times we almost talk about it like that it's some thing that you need to have invisible ink and decode and, and, and like try to figure out and maybe it's going to be written in the sky and if it's not written in the sky, what if I miss it? Like what if it's a rainy day and God wrote it in the sky? We have all these different things that we go through and we don't really understand that the will of God is extremely simple. And in this first lesson, what I want to pull out is that the will of God may not look like what you actually think that it does. And so with that in mind, let's pray. And I'm going to ask you as you bow your heads and close your eyes, just one question before we pray together as a class and ask the Lord to bless the lesson. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you this one question. If God were to reveal his will to you, are you willing to do it? If God were to reveal his will to you, are you willing to do it? Because here's the reason why I ask that question. If you're not willing to do it, you're not willing to undertake it, if you're not willing to maybe take some steps of faith and, and maybe go out on a ledge when it doesn't make sense, if you're not willing for maybe even a little bit of discomfort, then the truth is, is that I don't know that this is going to be the series for you. And then you might say, well, that sounds tough. That sounds difficult. It is. But I think that many people miss the will of God because they're not willing to maybe make the sacrifice to be in God's will. And so I just want to ask you that simple question that you and the Holy Spirit can answer by yourself that if God were to reveal His will to, will to you, would you be willing to do it? Let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your word, Lord, to be in your house. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to take this thought from your word, Lord, to apply it to our lives. Lord, may we recognize that your will does not promise a life of ease. Lord, your will does not promise really things to be more simple. Lord, your will promises that we are at peace because we are with you in the midst of what you would have us to be in. And so, God, I ask you to help us to trust you as we would our Father. Lord, I ask that you would help us to trust you when things are difficult, that your way is best. And God, I ask you to be with me as I speak. Lord, as I teach, Lord, help me to show exactly what you would have me to out of your word. In your name we pray. Amen. I would consider myself a, somewhat of a tightwad. Anybody else in the room a tightwad or that would be willing to admit it? Like, I'm pretty tight. Like, I'm not so tight that I squeak went, wow, one of you, all right? That was good. Maybe two, all right? So what we have is a bunch of uh, financially irresponsible young adults, all right? So uh, I guess we'll go with that. But uh, I would consider myself a tightwad. I don't mind spending money on things that are necessary. Um, I don't mind even spending money on things that are quality or good. Um, but it still hurts me sometimes when I look back at some of the purchases that I've made in my life. Like, I can't believe I spent that amount of money on something. And so I remember my wife and I, early in our marriage, we were kind of just beginning to learn each other's spending habits and beginning to learn each other's uh, the way that 
uh, we we dealt with money, and um, so we were on a date night, and I remember we were walking uh, down by the the little plaza where like uh, Five Below is and Dollar Tree and all that all that good stuff. Okay, this would have been years ago when it wasn't the the cheap section of the area. All right, and so we were walking down through that little plaza, and for some reason, Pier One Imports that used to be there, I said, I don't know that I've ever like heard of anyone buying anything from Pier One Imports, and she was like, Yeah, I don't even know like how long it's been since I've been in there, and so as we were walking like we were talking about pier one imports well we got up to the window and it was getting ready to be fall and so i remember she looked in the window and she goes oh look at that cute fall wreath inside of pier one imports and i was like okay and she she was like let's go in and look at that and being the good husband that i was i was like you know what it's pier one imports like let's go and we've never been in here before let's go and let's get that fall wreath for our apartment door so that all two people who come during the fall season will be excited about how beautiful our door looks and so we walk in and like I had already kind of prepared myself mentally for maybe a little bit of a price hike over the $10 Dollar General one with the scarecrow on it. Like I had already assumed that it was going to be higher than that. But I remember that we walked in and it was like a couple minutes before closing time. So you know how annoying that is if you work at a store and it's like they close at six and you have people walking in at like 5.53. And then how many of you have ever been in those stores where like there's two customers but there's like 39 employees and they're all just like staring at you? Okay, that was kind of like the scenario here. So I remember like they're all kind of huddled behind the counter and we walk in and we're the only people in the store and of course the overzealous people behind the counter like that are kind of trying to want you to probably rush your purchase a little bit so that they can leave on time so this lady comes out from in behind the counter and she's like hi welcome to pier one and it's like all right too much ma'am like that's too much like already we haven't even gotten a whiff of the pumpkin spice candle yet and you're like already like coming at us a little too strong and so I remember that she said, welcome to Pier 1, like blah, 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 whatever. We have our fall sale where nothing is cheaper than what it actually is, is probably what she said. And so she, she looks at us, she's like, what, are you looking for anything specific? And we're like, no, we're actually just popping in. We saw this wreath, and so we're going to look at that wreath. And so we literally make the claim we're looking at one thing, okay? And so she's like, oh, okay, well, let me know if there's anything I can do to help you. And you know how like some people just kind of like hover? It's like, why are you standing that close to me? And so she was just kind of like standing there. And Lauren, I remember we like kind of hunt around for the tag and she flips it over. And we were talking about it this morning. I can't remember if it was $80 or $85. And I just remember she flips it over and she goes, oh, and I go, oh, like, like audibly out loud. So we flip it over and now we're like standing there like the lady knows the only reason we're here is to look at the one wreath. And like we're, at, we're caught in like this weird like awkward tension like okay do we buy this wreath and feed her family for a year or do we go in debt ourselves and not be able to feed our own family for the next year but we have this beautiful fall wreath on our front door. And so like we kind of like flip it over and we're like oh and so like we kind of like flip it and you know how like you just kind of like mosey into like other sections of the store like we look at it, like, oh, and like we get over to the side and she's like out of earshot and i just remember it's like we were hiding like i'm pretty sure we made it more awkward than what it needed to be so we're like hiding and i remember we're having like this whispering discussion like over in the pillow section or something like like 
what is, what are we going to do? Like the lady knows that like we're here for the wreath and like, like what do we do? And I just remember we both look at each other and we're like, we can't afford this. Like we can't afford anything in here. Let's just get out. And so like we literally almost like we fast walked out like we had stolen something. Like it almost look, made it look shady. So we like, like we're like, oh, thank you. And like walked out real fast and tried to get out the door before they noticed that we didn't buy the $85 wreath. And you know, sometimes when I look back at that story, and I look back at the way that we handled it probably as awkwardly as possible, um, that's kind of the same way that we as Christians view God's will sometimes. You know, we go in and we see something, we hear someone talk about God's will, and so we, we think, well, it's going to be so great, and it's going to make my life better, and it's going it's to be perfectly, it's going to be perfect, and, and all of this, and all of that is true, but then we flip over the sticker, and we almost have sticker shock, right? Well, God's will is not supposed to come with pain. God's will is not supposed to come with heartbreak. God's will is not supposed to come with doubts and misunderstanding or sickness or any of these things. And so we flip it over, and here's what many Christians do. We see the kind of high price tag that comes with being in God's will. And rather than paying the price and saying that it is better than what we could come up with on our own, we kind of try to skirt it. We, try to, we kind of try to get out of it, right? And here's what I want you to see today is that whether it is God's will, and I will say this throughout the whole series, we'll refer to it as this, whether it is thy will or my will, both come with a price tag. Whether it is thy will or my will, both come with a price tag. And see, what many Christians fail to understand is this. Yes, God's will could potentially come with some pain, with some suffering, with some difficult times, with some things that we don't understand. But so does your will. So does doing life your way. And what I want you to see in this series is this, that doing God's will, living life God's way, yes, it comes with a price tag. I'm not going to stand up here and over-glamorize the will of God. Because the truth is, is it is difficult sometimes. I'm not going to stand up here and say that if you follow God, that everything's just going to be peachy because what does the Bible say? Yea, all that live godly shall suffer persecution. It rains on the just and the unjust. I'm not here to paint an, uh, an unrealistic view of God's will. Here's what I'm here to do. I'm here to show you that God's will and your will both come with a price tag. And it's your choice whether or not you choose to pay which price. And so the first thing that I want you to see, I want you to look at a couple of choices today as we think about God's will. First of all is this, choose your pain. Choose your pain. You say, I already don't like the sound of this. Let me show you this in verse number 37. It says, and he took, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Jesus was under an immense amount of pressure and stress at this moment of his life. He was feeling the weight and the burden of doing that which God had called him to do. And I would like to stand up here and tell you that if you choose to follow God and his way for your life and follow his path, that that means that it is free of pain. And that is just not, that's simply just not true from scripture. But here's what I want you to see. 
is that the pain can be offset by not only secondly choosing your pain, but choosing your prayer. Okay, choosing your prayer. There in your notes, just we're, we're running close on time, but there in your notes uh, under choose your pain, you've got Hebrews 11, 24 through 26, where it talks about how Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I want you to look at verse number 26. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Here's what I want you to see, is that choosing suffering in God's will is better than choosing pleasure outside of God's will. And for many of us, we don't live like that. We will do anything and everything to escape anything that hurts us, anything that is painful, anything that causes us to suffer. And so what do we do? Well, I'm suffering as a single person, so I'm going to go and just marry the next person that comes along and, and uh, shows me any interest. Okay, that's not the way that we handle God's will. Well, I'm suffering at my place of work, and so I'm just going to make sure that everyone knows that I'm miserable. That's not the way that we handle that. I'm experiencing this, so I'm going to do that. And we begin to operate outside of God's will. And both of those choices, either choosing to maybe experience a little bit of the sorrow that is coming with God's will, or choosing to maybe make some decisions and, some, and some, maybe even sin outside of God's will, now you're going to suffer the consequences. There's a price tag on both. You must choose your price tag, but you also must, must choose your prayer, meaning this. That Jesus himself comes to, comes to God and he makes this statement. He says, if this can be off of me, then please take it. But if not, thy will be done. When was the last time that the difficult things in your life, you stopped praying for God to remove them and started praying that God would use you in them? Many of us, we face something difficult. God, take this burden off. Lord, I don't know how to handle this. Lord, Lord, I just need you to remove me or remove the situation rather than saying, Lord, if this is your will, then use me in the midst of it. Think about the impact that this prayer that Jesus makes would have had on the world today. Think about the impact that this would have had on the gospel and on Christianity had Jesus said, you know what, I don't like it, I don't like the burden, so Lord, just remove it. But he makes a powerful statement when he says this, Lord, I'm asking you to remove it, but thy will be done. Obviously, Jesus is perfect. We're inferior human beings. We're imperfect human beings, okay? But he sets an example here with us that we need to see. And that is this, that the pain in the will of God is better than the pleasure outside of the will of God. And our prayer life should look less about removing the pain and more about God using us in the midst of it. So choose your pain, choose your prayer. But then lastly, I want you to notice this and we'll be done, is choose your purpose. Choose your purpose. Look at verse number 45, okay? I want you to see this and we'll be done, all right? Verse 45 says this, Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, which by the way, this is the third time now that they've fallen asleep. So can you kind of, can you kind of get the picture? Like, 
I don't know that Jesus would have been irritated with them, but I definitely think that Jesus would have kind of just been like, all right, you guys missed the boat on this one, so we're going to move on. So he says this in verse number 45. He says, Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. And behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Verse 46. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. When I read through this passage this week, it amazed me that I had never seen this, okay? Jesus prays three times according to this passage, Lord, let this cup pass from me. If it cannot be done, then I will be done. Praise that three times. Three times the, uh, three times the disciples fall asleep in the midst of it. And after that third time, he says this, the time is at hand. It's going to happen. This is what my life is going to look like. And it's interesting to me that he doesn't sit and wait. He stands and goes. I want you to see that, okay? He doesn't sit and wait. He stands and goes. He actually says, rise, let us be going. And here's what I want you to see. What kind of man... What kind of person says, I know what I'm walking into, and I know that it's God's will for my life. I know that what I'm about to experience, and I'm going to walk into that rather than just sit here and wait and let it happen. And here's, that, here's what type of person that is. That's the type of person who is very clear on what God has for them and for their life, who is very clear on their purpose on this earth. And many times, here's what I see kind of in this generation, in this age group, is this. We expect the will of God to just be, show up on our doorstep. Well, I'm just going to sit and wait. I'm just going to sit and wait. But the truth is, is that many times the will of God is found when we rise up and we say, God, this is what I know you have called me to. I know you have called me to this job. I know you have called me to this, this uh, education. I know you have called me to this field. And so I am going to walk into that. I know there's going to be difficulty. I know there's going to be problems. I know there's going to be things that are tested in my life, but I am going to walk into that knowing that it is for your honor and for your glory. And here's the reason why I say you must choose your purpose. If Jesus' purpose on this earth and on this life was to simply avoid anything painful, then he would have said, rise, let us be going, and he would have walked away. He would have ran from that. If Jesus' point for this life was simply pleasure, he would have fleed from what he was about to experience. But if his purpose was bigger and for the honor and glory of God, then he was willing to rise up and say, I'm going to walk towards that. And here's what I want to close with today. You can live your life for your own purposes. You can live your life seeking your own will. And guess what? There will be some pain that comes along with that. The Bible doesn't really give us an out on pain. You can even choose your prayer. You can, have, you can say, I'm going to do this my way, and then when things get tough, I'm going to run to God and pray for Him to fix it. Okay? You can do that. Or you can say, Lord, today I'm going to rise up and I'm going to walk in Your will. 
I'm going to do that which you have called me to do. I'm going to interact with people the way that you have called me to interact with people. I'm going to make an impact on people that you have put around me. I am going to do my best to be in your will by the way that I live, by the way that I interact with people, by the way that I obey, by the way that I follow your word. I am going to walk in your will and I'm going to face whatever comes with it. And here's why. Because one of these days, we will answer for the purpose that we lived on this life. We will answer for that. And we can stand before God one of these days and we can say, I lived my life the way that I wanted to, and guess what? There will be plenty of people who stand before God in heaven one day, and they will get the joys and eternal relationship with God, and they will have lived life down here their own way. And here's what I believe you miss when you, when you live life that way. I believe that you miss the opportunity to be a part of something that is so much bigger, that is for the honor and glory of God, that brings fulfillment because it's not about you, that brings joy because it's about something bigger, that brings hope and help to others because it's not so focused on me and more focused on thy will, on something that brings glory and honor to God. We as human beings were never intended to become self-centered and self-focused. We were created to be God-centered and God-focused. And when we live in my will rather than in thy will, we miss that purpose. We have pain that God never intended us to have, and we have to make prayers that God never intended us to have to make because we simply chose me rather than thy. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray and we'll be done. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you'd help me as I teach through this series. Lord, help me to be clear. Lord, help me to be uh, applicable. And Lord, I pray that you would use it to speak to the hearts of those in this room that we may become unmovable as a result of understanding what your will for our life is. Lord, we thank you for our time together. In your name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. Enjoy your Labor Day. How many of you are off tomorrow? Sweet. Enjoy. Sleep in. Good to see y'all. Nice hair, man. I love it. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.